0: Love talk
1: Radio. Good evening, it's Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and welcome to another episode of Be Unique's Unscripted, where we talk to artists, musicians, performers, and business professionals. My name is Tony Taylor, I'll be your host for this evening. You know, you could spend your Thursday nights anywhere, and we are excited you're spending it with us. The conversation is cool, it's calm, and it's casual. You can also be a part of the conversation by dialing 516-418-5651. Now, before we begin, let's talk about why you need to get on your phone and go to beunique.org. That's B-U-N-E-K-E dot org here's what be Unique is all about our mission is to work today to change tomorrow using digital mediums to connect the world with professional storytelling and media production we work to educate Get comfortable and get ready to dial 516-418-5651 with your questions, comments, and whatever else you may want to say. Let's meet our guest. All right. Good evening, everybody. It is Thursday night. It is 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time here on B Unique Radio, and you are listening to Be Unique Unscripted with Tony Taylor. I am excited this evening. My guest is Mr. Mike McBay. He is with the band Circle of Earth. It is a multicultural band that creates modern rock sounds, offering cutting-edge new wave beats that evoke energy and emotion. Their new single, Maniac on Mute, will be available and is available now at, at, and uh, to be listened to, and we are going to play that tonight. I'm excited. Mike, is a, Mike has a story of one that's of grit and determination, and the group Circle the Earth, foresight forthright attitude on stage and off is about ethnic inclusion cultural understanding international cooperation personal integrity and spiritual awareness let's meet our host mike good evening how are you
2: hey thank you very much for having me it's a pleasure to be here
1: oh it is great having you mike let's go ahead and jump right into this before you're a musician Mm -hmm. former doctor um, Mike, let's start at the beginning. Mike, can you tell me a little bit about your childhood and growing up?
2: Okay. I was born in
1: Atlanta, Georgia,
2: and my parents were birth, uh, both uh, college professors. My father was Henry C. McVeigh, the first black American to get a Ph.D. in organic chemistry from the University of Chicago. My mom was Dr. Shirley McVeigh. She was the first black person or any ethnicity to get a Ph.D. of any kind. She got it in math from the University of Georgia, and then she went on to become the first black woman to be uh, dean of students at MIT, and then she went on to form a company called Quality Education for Minorities, whose mission was to identify uh, geniuses in the math and sciences in impoverished conditions around the United States and then pay their way education-wise from uh, kindergarten to Ph.D. level. So the emphasis on academic performance in my life was tremendous. I was born in the sixties during the Martin Luther King era. Martin Luther King was actually a student of my dad and having difficulty in chemistry. No. So he would come
0: up, Oh,
2: he would he would come to my house from time to time. And I oh went to school word. with his
0: doctor.
2: Yeah. And I was in elementary school with his kids so they would bring in pieces of explosive bombs for show and tell or bullet shell casings that had been fired in the window oh. that night for show <laughs> and tell. It was that kind of era.
1: Oh my God! <laughs> <Yeah. what. laughs> How did the uh, academic success of your parents influence your life? Uh,
2: it made me love academics and science, and it shaped the way I look at the world. And right. it, um, it, I would call the critical thinking that's required, in my opinion, to make scientific observations, judgments, and conclusions. And it also uh, I got beaten if I got anything less than an A on exams <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, I don't I mean to laugh, the car, Mike. Dude. I'm sorry. No, was, hey, man. i shit out of me, dude. I got anything less than an A
2: if I looked at a girl later.
1: That, so. Sounds like your parents talked to my parents because I got the shit beat out of me, too. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't pulling A's, I was pulling my pants down and getting spanked. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean. Dude. So, so uh-huh. tell me – now Now, there's a big story though here because I think you're sliding a little bit of information into the carpet here. You need to tell us about your personal part with the integration of schools. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so
2: I, I first went to an all-black elementary school that was primarily I, – I grew up on – Morehouse Atlanta University campus where my parents taught. So I grew up on, it's all uh, classic, uh, historically black university in uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. So I went to school with all the, the kids of the faculty. So it was an all-black elementary school. They dressed me like Urkel in a fucking bow tie and glasses, and I got beat up with constantly,
0: right? <laughs> and then
2: I got a scholarship to integrate Atlanta, Georgia's last private white high school. And this is back when I wow. was trying to figure out if blacks are human. The guy's got uh, – Lester Maddox has axe handles that he passes out of his white-only restaurant, and he becomes governor of the state This way back then. Wow. And uh, this first day I walked in the class, they surrounded me, beat the fuck out of me, spit on me, called me the N-word constantly
1: every day, Oh, my God, Mike. He called me from a, from a, from
2: a second-story window, burned my shirt off. Yeah, it was
1: crazy. Oh, Mike. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. but I did great in school, but but yeah, but I, my self esteem was like I'm getting beat by my parents and beat by black people, getting beat by <laughs> white people. Must be something wrong with me.
0: <laughs> so I had, yeah, had very what did I tea. do? What
1: did I do? Yeah, yeah. Why?
0: Why don't I fix it? Because it's
1: not stopping. <laughs> what did I do? Oh my gosh. Yeah, buddy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you were pushing forward so that, in academics. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, go yeah. ahead Mike. I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, that's
2: it. That's also awesome. that just it was it was it was super tough going up. And I that's how. Uh that those issues about uh self judgment and guilt and in and, and personal insufficiency uh form the uh, those are the feelings I was trying to medicate as, later in my life when I got into drugs. I remember the first time I got drunk and everything went away and the white people were nice. and I was like, Oh, this is the solution to life <laughs> is to get drunk. So, yeah. So I, my, I didn't start to drink addictively, but my exposure to right. alcohol and marijuana in high school certainly right. uh, showed me that self-medication was a way out. or so I thought at that time,
1: you know, you bring up meditation and that's a big interest on this show. Um, in what way um, does spirituality play a part in your life?
2: Okay, now you open the question. You, you want me to talk about this deeply? I do. Okay, here we
1: go. All right.
2: So I have memories of before I was born and being on a, a, a different, a non-physical plane and laughing with a friend of mine about the incarnation we're about to have and all the things that are going to happen and all the excitement wow. about the uniqueness of it. Then. When I was, uh, I remember being in my womb and hearing my parents, I I didn't know what they were saying, but I could hear them speaking outside. I could hear them arguing from time to time. I could, uh, I remember feeling the resentment of the jostling around when they're having sex and things like that. Then when I was about five or six years old, here we go, uh, little light beings would come through the wall and float me out into a ship and I would tell my parents wow. about it. And they said, this all your imagination and your um, your mind is just forming, and these are just hallucinations. So I believed that for a long time. And then the thing that changed my life was when I'm Stanford, I went to Stanford University. It's a very cutting-edge place. They were doing remote viewing research on Ingo Swan, and uh, Uri Geller and Pat Price and all of the the famous uh, psychics of the time. Stanford Research Institute was doing these, this stuff, and they were teaching extraterrestrial civiliz- a class called Extraterrestrial Civilizations like it's math. It's reality like biology. So my best friend in, at Stanford was a guy named Fred, and Fred, super genius white guy, went on to become a director of the family practice residency at the uh, University of Arizona, which is Mayo Clinic, all that kind of stuff.
0: So Fred wow. and
2: I studied together all the time. So Fred takes a class in altered states of consciousness that learns about astral projection and things like that. And I took extraterrestrial right. civilizations just to see who were these motherfuckers that were coming to my house at night when I was a kid.
1: So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> it was
0: it was
1: mind
2: blowing. The, phys- the physicists. no, no, your of
1: you're, you're getting right. visits, man. That is mind blowing. <laughs> yeah.
2: So these are award winning physicists. I mean, uh, if if you the book Mind Trek that talks about the research they did is right. uh, Harold Puthoff and Russell Targ. They're both uh, uh think laser physicists with PhDs and with multiple patents. they super scientists, right? So the TAs in the classes, the TAs in our science classes, were also the people who were assisting these people in doing the research. So there's one day when in- they have a neutrino detector buried underneath the ground, a couple miles underground, surrounded by a tank of water to prevent it from being um, altered, affected by human electromagnetic emissions, so they can detect neutrinos from the sun. So as an experiment, they asked Ingo Swan if he could move it with his mind, and he did. So the yeah. day that Ingo Swan moved the neutrino detector to campus, it's people who are in the know or are buzzed about the, you know, the remote viewing research and stumble upon something significant, after protection probably real. And that's when uh, the research took off and the government gave them a couple million dollars and they went off strongly. Okay, so that's the setting against which this happens. It's my, here we go, it's my junior year of college. And I decide to stay at Stanford and work in the psych department and keep training karate. Okay. And my friend Fred decides to move to uh go to England to take a Stanford uh, class at Stanford in England, just you know some cultural enrichment stuff for the summer.
3: All
2: right, so one night I'm I go, I'm go going to karate. I go home. I go to sleep, and I have this mind-changing dream, my life-changing dream. I'm in a vapor form. I rise out of the ground. I look up. I see blades of grass, and I assume human form. I see the tread of a tire of a car I'm coming up under. I see the car. I assume human form. It's nighttime. I look around. Oh. Stars are out and the moon is out, and there's the house of the party. I walk into the house, and there's a woman there that I hadn't met in my life yet, but I see her staring at me. And I look around, and I turn to the <laughs> left. I go into the bedroom, and we go, wait, and there's Fred. And I'm like, what are you doing in my dream? And he said, I think I'm a dream. I'm asleep in England, and we're having a shared dream experience like they teach about in the altered states of consciousness class at school. And I'm like, that's not possible. I'm just having a dream, and you're in it. And he goes, well, look, where, wherever we are right now, um, reality is controlled by the mind. So he waves right. his hand, and the ceiling disappears, and the stars come out. And he waves his hand, and the ceiling reappears. He said, you try it. I tried a couple of times. but couldn't get it to work. And about the 12th or 13th time, I got the ceiling to disappear and see the stars, and the ceiling reappear. And he says, look at this. And he turns to the left, and he pulls out a chest of drawers, you know, where you usually keep clothes. Inside the chest of drawers are tiny human beings walking around getting in and out of bunk beds. So that was weird. He said, when I wake up, I'm going to write you a letter about this. i like, you can't write me a letter about this. It's just a dream I'm having, and you happen to be in it. He says, okay, we'll see. So we shake hands. A vertical whirlpool appears, and his hand slips off in the whirlpool. My dream continues, and I go on doing music and stuff like that, and that's the end of that. I don't think anything else about it until, back then, there's no Internet or cell phones. Right. So until right, I get right. a letter from him, 10 days later. I get a letter from Fred from England describing the house, the stars, the roof, the uh, people in the bunk beds, did you have this dream? And when that happened, I realized for the first time, I was frightened to death, but I realized for the first time, okay, so here is scientific evidence that I'm, there's a lot going on in reality. I haven't been talking about <laughs> it. And, you know. So from then, you know, I'm not to go on, but from then on, I, I just made it my business to learn about spirituality, study, uh, all, you know, everything esoteric. And the show, this, I had about 12 more experiences like that, uh that that's formed the basis for my scientific beliefs, not it's reality. God is the same God behind all religions. Uh reincarnation right. is real. It's all about karma, yeah. love and expression of, of the light. And sure. you know, the basic things we all know that but they're absolutely scientifically uh real and verified for me. That was the first example of that.
1: Wow. Okay. Mike Mike, I don't know how to follow up a story like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's I amazing. promise you, yeah. There's more. You know. that, <laughs> so that's amazing, more. Mike. That is amazing, yeah, Mike. Uh-huh. Um, so, and this was all, this was all your uh, pre. This was before the, the the drugs, right?
2: Yeah, but yeah, this is back when I was in college. I had, I was, I was, I was smoking marijuana, but I hadn't uh, started doing drugs. I had, had not encountered cocaine or anything back in my life. Yes. C-
1: can you tell me, uh, in, in our audience, um, how you fell into that world? yeah oh easily I,
2: I, after college i moved to los angeles and i got i i enrolled at u s c med school but I left immediately so that i i was, i was playing music with a, a genius guy named john ivy from uh Stanford, and we moved down here and started a band together so I quit and got a job to support the band and uh you know as just as a musician uh you know you come across cocaine alcohol marijuana sure. you know acid and experiment with all those but it didn't affect my life significantly, and then I went back to med school and um, at UCLA, and there was a guy there who I competed against. He was a black student there, a super smart guy, and we competed academically, but we ended up in the same residency at Martin's the King Hospital, back when okay. it was the teaching facility in the Trauma Center. So he said, well, instead of competing, since we're now in the same program, why don't we study together? I said, sure. So he said, prescribe Adderall that so we can stay up and study, and I'm like, well, Adderall is a uh, controlled substance. I'm afraid to prescribe that because I just got my license. I said, but I'm a musician. Let's sure. get some cocaine. So that made sense.
0: <laughs> 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 it makes all the sense in the world, yeah, Mike. I know, right? No, right. <laughs> so I got
2: cocaine, and, and we we cooked. It. And then I had a friend who said, "Let's make it into crack." I had no idea how to cook it up, so I cooked up and we smoked it. And I remembered oh yeah, I tried this as a musician earlier. It was it was actually felt pretty good but at this up until this point drugs were completely under control i did a recreation on weekends I, I did well in my program and the whole thing but i was in a super high stress uh residency in, in, tra- in the trauma center and you know kids were getting their faces blown off in my hands and you know decapitated bodies and kids have been tortured i mean it's just the level of trauma at, at a trauma center and watch is indescribable and when i smoked the cocaine all that went away so for the first or three months it was great dude i could tell you the answer to the question the page it was on the paragraph it was on i was doing great on rounds but i remember the day that i smoked studied laid down and went to bed to get up for rounds the next day but i got back up and finished the cocaine and didn't go to rounds the next day i <laughs> never forget that that's when the course turned and i began a gradual decline as drugs overtook my life
1: wow so you mm-hmm. were completely at that point addicted and things were starting to fall apart.
2: Well, it took a long time because I'm very strong and resourceful. I lasted 20 years. I uh, worked as a, I figured out I got a job as a mobile emergency room doctor. So I rotated around the state because that way I could work as, but under as little supervision as possible. And right. they would send me, I'd go to Needles, California for two or three days and then San Francisco for two or three days, San Diego for two or three days, rotating like that. And in the meantime I drive on the road and smoke smoke drugs with friends and come into town, get a hotel, go work while they partied or you know, come back home after ship and party with them and so I figured out a way to be a doctor right. and still get high for as long as I could. Eventually I got discovered, but I lasted twenty years.
1: Wow. Well, you were a trained medical doctor and you mm-hmm. had a an, an outside of the drugs which nobody knew about. You had a pretty good mm-hmm. career going on. So what was it about? Oh. What was it about music that made you drop your medical career? Uh, okay.
2: I didn't. I wouldn't say I dropped it because the music. I the drugs became so prevalent, in my life stopped oh, doing music. Okay. For, yeah, for a while. Okay. And okay. then I met a, a, a singer named Candice Aragon, who was a, a talented acoustic artist. And she came to my apartment and sang. And I said, you know what? I'm making all this money, and I'm just spending it on drugs. I'll, I used to play music, and so I put together a band behind you, and I put together a band behind her. She eventually took off. And the, my, to be honest with you, my, since uh, the, the sincerity with which I tried to help this other this musician with her dreams, because right. when I was doing music in Los Angeles, somebody came and put money behind me and helped me out. And I promised that yeah. person before they died, I would do that for somebody else. Sure. So the sincerity with which I tried to put a band together behind this other person turned into circle of the earth. Actually, the gift came back to me. I put the band around her, got her, you know, paid, did recordings and all that. And she eventually took off without a word. And really? the band said to me, yeah. So that band said to me, why would you just get another single and keep going? I said, are you sure? So Yeah. So I, that got me back into music. I, um, Got another singer, and singer led the singer, and musicians evolved, and that became Circle of Earth over a period fifteen year period. Yeah, describe. I had given up. No, go okay. ahead. I'm sorry. That's it. So it's just the, the gift came back to
0: me.
1: Wow, it just came back to you. Just, well, can you describe your musical progression before Circle of Earth came into being? I mean, you were in a lot yeah. of bands. Mm-hmm. You were in. Your, I think uh, your first band was. Um, Talisman 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 Right yeah, can, you yeah, yeah. About, uh-huh. can you talk about Can you talk about Leaving medical school And going into music uh, Professionally Full time
2: um, When I was uh, A kid with my parents I asked my mom a, The kids in the neighborhood Had a band together and It was, it was exciting To watch them play cover songs And I wanted to play music, but I had no training, and everything was academic. So I figured, well, if I my parents would never go for this, so if I want to learn an instrument, the bass has four strings, that's so probably the easiest thing. So I asked my mom <laughs> to buy me a bass. <laughs> right, and she told me the rest of my life.
4: I hate the day I bought you that bass guitar. Never, <laughs> never,
0: never, never <did." laughs> <laughs> So
2: I got a bass. I was like sixteen or seventeen, I'm, and I'm in uh, going to a white high school, so I'm hearing uh flying the family stone was the first thing i heard jimmy hendrix was the first thing i heard and uh chicago and all that and i never right. forget dude today i'm sitting down having dinner and siberian katsu comes on the fucking ah radio. Right. yes yeah, dude. I'm like, what is that? I am like, Wow like, it's <laughs> <laughs> so it, it spoke
1: to my soul the
2: first moment I heard it, it was like I knew these guys. Dude, I You were entering into
0: you
1: you were entering into the gates of delirium.
0: Yeah, that's
1: you got it, that's right? where dude, you dude. were at, man. <laughs> that's, that's where it, you yeah. were at. So
2: you're sitting there so listening go to the end
1: going, Wow, this is blowing my mind.
2: Yeah, and so I'm just in my senior of high school, so I go to Stanford, and I I, I brought my bass with me, but I wasn't figuring to play music. But I'm sit, I'm smoking pot and listening to, yes, and one and you know we, sometimes when you play the music loud, the people next door beat on the door and say
0: turn the shit down, you know. <laughs> so I'm listening,
2: I'm, so I'm listening to uh, uh, hold on, uh, let me think of the name of that shit, South Side of the Sky. I'm listening to South oh, okay. Side of the Sky. And and the, you know, the piano interlude in the middle. Yes I do. Yeah, right. So so I'm listening to that shit cell loud with the lights out. Bam, 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 knocking the like, door, oh god, it's too loud. I opened the door and this black guy is standing there and he goes, What kind of music is that? I'm like, What do you mean? He goes, dude, I play piano He said, That guy's incredible. What is that? So I said, You're not here to make me turn the music off He goes, Oh my god, no, that's fucking beautiful Oh so like, Come here, my name is Mike, my name Yeah, right. So he oh, said "No, man, that's, how that's how we need so yeah, and this guy is a virtuoso keyboardist. He got an uh, uh, academic scholarship to Stanford and a, 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 an award God. for acting. Just a genius guy. And he taught me how to play music, how to put put together bands, and we played the band. Wow. So we, he was called Talisman in Los Angeles for like 20 years. Right. It was a jazz rock group. Yeah, so I did that for 20 years. He eventually went back to UCLA to become an attorney, and I kept going. So I shifted to more commercial rock music and played with a guy named Phil Monhake, who was invited to join Motley Crue, but Turn Him Down. He's a what? vocal guitar player. Yeah, yeah. And then I played with Eric Singer. Eric Singer was uh, had just got to, he's the drummer in Kiss now, but at that point, yeah, he was That's the first, right. uh, He first, yeah, he first got to Los Angeles. And uh, he didn't have a job and he was looking for a band. So I, he played with me in a band called Icebreaker with Phil Monhake and I had a beautiful singer named Randy Williams with a great voice oh, wow. and we tried it real hard for a while and then Eric went on to lead a Ford and then um, ended up in Blue Murder with John Sykes and went on for that and Oh eventually my god,
1: man, this is some big yeah. names
2: Those okay, are a lot of great very people so, big so, names, this out. So, so yeah, ten years later Eric calls me on the phone one day He goes, Mike, this is Eric Singer, remember me? I'm like, yeah, I remember? He said, remember how you used to always, yeah, you were always nice to me, man. You take me out to eat and all that kind of stuff when I didn't have any money. You give me gas. Like, I say, yeah, I remember. He says, I have. I'm gonna take you to lunch. I'm like, okay. He goes, I, I'm here sure. with the Zildjian rep. We're gonna take sure. you i like, All right. So he so he comes to my apartment, picks me up, and, and I'm sitting in the back of the car with with the Zildjian rep, and they're in the front. And I'm like, what are we gonna have lunch yet? Oh, we're gonna go up to Universal City. I'm like, okay. So we drive up to Universal City, get in this parking lot. He goes, now I want you to. Uh, close your eyes before we have lunch. I'm like, what are you talking about? He just trust me. I said, okay. So like, he puts a blindfold on me. I have plastic oh knife god. and fork in my hand, and, and and they lead me into this room. He says, now open your eyes. I take out my room. Do yes rehearsal.
1: Oh no way. <laughs> yes, dude. Oh yes. no he way. Wanted he, wanted me to, he was paying me back. Cause, you know, like,
2: so John and to walk up. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Almost oh, passed like, like a little bit. So I'm like, oh my
0: god. Oh man, I stumbled.
1: Yeah, it was great. <laughs> you went all fanboy on John Anderson. That's <laughs> great. Yeah, totally, dude. Totally. I almost passed out. Seriously, I almost passed out. I had to grab hold. Some just were. Were all the guys there? Was Chris there? Or was Yeah, it was,
2: 902, there? it was a nine zero two. It was a nine zero two one five. So that oh, was John okay, Anderson. Maybe so Tre- Chris Squire. L.O.I. yeah, uh, and yeah. Uh, Tony K. Yeah, they were there. Oh yeah. my god. God so that must have been him. Yeah, yeah. So he let me come back. I spent two days with him. I came in the morning, watched him rehearse all fucking day long and then uh, after that uh you know we lost contact, but I I did meet him. It was exciting.
1: Well that's like a dream come true. Yeah, yeah. You're sitting there partying so with your then, band.
2: That's it dude. So then uh, I'm I'm I doing drugs I kept up on music and then like I said, I, I when I met Candace Aragon I put to, put a band together behind her, she left. We started playing together. The next person I played with was a lady named Paige Williams, who was a great local singer at that time. For her, I went to Vanessa Bryan, and the band was called uh, Soul Rising. But the people, PR people told me that this sounds like a soul band from the 60s, even though you're trying to say something spiritual. So uh, I changed it to Circle of the Earth, and then we had um, Vanessa Van Vienendahl and then Tina Aldana, who won The Voice in Mexico at that time. She's a great singer. But eventually I came upon Kadia uh, Handen. And uh, she's a wonderful person. Well, first I met the drummer, Sandro Feliciano. My drummer couldn't make a gig, and I got Sandro to sub, and he was instantly great. And so we, I remember the keyboard player saying to me, you got whatever you do, keep that guy. So I met Sandro first. Then about four years later, I met uh Tadea, she was, um, had exact his black girl singing rock with a great voice with exactly the same vision as mine to put together an interracial, um, all the original rock band. And no ego, very humble, great singer. You know, singers are the toughest thing. So meeting her, uh, Sandra and I, her bonded immediately. A little while later, we had to change keyboard players. I ran an ad, and uh, Sandy shows up and blew us away the first day. Sandy's Chinese. I remember the day she walked in and played. I picked her up, and I'm like, dude, you're great. you got to stay with us. So she'd been with us for six or seven years now. Then I had to change guitar players, and a friend uh, ran an ad, and uh, a heavy metal guy in East L.A. referred me to Kazuki Tokaji, and Kazuki's like a perfect fit in the band. Like, I, I said, okay, great guitar player, great songwriter, super dedicated musician, beautiful Japanese person with the classic wow. uh, integrity of, of a martial artist-type attitude, like a really... A really moral, ethical person, beautiful person. Right. So I'm really right. lucky, man. I'm surrounded by fantastic musicians with great hearts that are really good. I'm, I'm nowhere near as good
1: as they are. I'm blessed to work with them, and uh,
2: we come together and special there. Uh, oh,
1: you're much too humble, Mike. You're much too humble.
2: No, no, trust me, dude. I'm nowhere near there. <laughs> <laughing at me. laughs> I
1: have to, to practice twenty
2: times more than them to get that shit <laughs> And if I make a mistake, they will let me know.
0: Oh, they let you, let you know. Me. But it's your
2: oh, band, shit, Mike. Yeah. You're rushing again. <laughs> you're rushing again. Can we do that again? Mike's still rushing. Because he's oh, uh, uh, very polite about it. Oh, I respect you very much, but you're playing wrong
0: notes.
1: <laughs> you need to practice more. <laughs> you, don't, you, you, you do too much collage. You need to practice more music. <laughs>
0: oh my God. <laughs>
2: Oh, the press is great. No, the person who never does that to me is the singer Kadir. She's pretty kind, but it's Sandra's hey, drummer's name. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Listen, I, I want to talk all about Circle the Earth, okay? But I need to take okay, a short sure. break. When we come back from the break, let's talk Circle of Earth. And I am online okay. right now with Mr. Mike McBay. He's the bass guitarist for the band Circle of Earth. Circle of the Earth. And uh, we will be right back with Mike after these messages. Have you ever read a web article on the internet that really spoke to you? No, I mean really spoke to you. Well let me tell you about Newsly. Newsly is the new and incredible audio app made especially for iOS and Android. Newsly picks up web articles about the most trending topics throughout the entire internet. And at any given moment, Newsly reads those web articles to you in a natural human voice. Browse your favorite articles from topics you choose Stop scrolling, start playing, start listening, and start learning. And Newsly has podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 40 countries. Our podcasts, Unscripted, Coffee, Candy, and creative, and On Demand are there too. Go to www.newsly.me to download and use Newsly for free now. And if you use promo code Radio, all one word and with caps, receive a one-month free premium description. For the first time in the history of the internet, the web becomes listenable. Listen and learn with Newsly.
3: The works to change the world for a better tomorrow using digital mediums to connect the dots of the world through professional storytelling. We have all-embracing all-inclusive heart and are always learning to create new things, to revitalize and sustain old things. While recognizing our differences, we use positive and universal thinking to strategize for a positive outcome. We collaborate people of all distinctions to create a better me, a better you, a better us. By caring for others, there's no room in our hearts for hatred, racism, or egoism. So, let our visions heal and keep the promises of what we will be one day by living helpful, caring, and happy, healthy, and essential lives. With the wonderful staff and volunteers at Be Unique, we will continue to pursue that dream by making the world a better place for everyone. From everyone at BeUnique.org. To our readers and listeners, thank you for all your support. There's so much more on the way.
2: If you like the show tonight, let us know. Call 321-417-4309 or email mary at beunique.org to ask how you can sponsor the show. It's simple and doesn't have to cost much at all. Visit beunique.org for even more details. That's B-U-N-E-K-E dot org. Join the global world changers who already know how BeUnique helps bring together like-minded humans who are making the world a better place. Read the magazine and blog posts, watch our videos, listen to our podcast, and visit our social media from one location, and let's work together to change tomorrow by finding solutions today. Visit BeUnique.org to learn more. That's
1: B-U-N-E-K-E dot org. All right, and we're back. You're listening to Be Unique and you're listening radio and you're listening to Unscripted. Tonight my guest is Mike McBay. He is the bass guitar player for the band Circle the Earth, which is a multicultural band that creates modern rock sounds, offering cutting edge new wave beats that evoke energy and emotion. Their new single the Maniac on Mute, it was released yesterday. And we'll be hearing that tonight and then what I'm being told. This is the first podcast to be playing it, so I'm very excited to have that hallmark on my on my edition. Now, uh, Mike, this is your time. Yep. Tell me all about Circle the Earth. What is about? Okay, so what it's, your goals are? Uh, what you what you what you're all about? Okay,
2: Circle the Earth is first of all it's an expression of um, uh, the light of the God of all religions. That's the point behind it, and um, we're. The drummer's from Brazil. He toured the world with Tina Marie and Lauren Hill. The uh singer is from Maryland. She's a black female singing rock, which is unusual. She sang background for Imagine Dragons and Prince before. She works with Kanye West, she's a, a consummate professional. Wow. The um uh, player is from China and she's uh played with she's a TA was a TA at Musicians Institute and she's played with a bunch of prominent Chinese artists. I don't know their names. <laughs> and then the um get the Japanese guitar police in Japan, he moves to the United States with two guitars and a backpack to make it. And um, all of them are uh beautiful human beings. They're like my family, I'll do anything for them. They're yeah. tremendous musicians. Right. And uh, uh very dedicated and they're the most uh, talented, dedicated and uh deserving group of people I've ever ever worked with. Wow and, uh, and you have
0: the, worked with the yeah, best
2: project ever. Yeah, yeah, it's the best project I've ever had, and the point of it is to, you know, play some exciting, m- motivating, emotional, powerful stuff with an underlying spiritual message without being too, like, preachy or anything. But, you know, it's all about positivity, sincerity, you know, integrity, God's light, forgiveness, you know, all the things that anybody with any basic spiritual understanding would stand for.
1: Circle of the Earth, you would say, is music with message, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, do you purposely I mean, d- does do all of the band gel with what your message is and what you what and what yeah, you're absolutely. doing? One hundred percent.
2: The uh drummer is uh Catholic. The singer is uh I don't know if she's Baptist or exactly what Christian denomination she is, but, Right. you know, she goes to church and, and all that. The uh Keyboard player and the uh, guitar player. I wouldn't call them formally religious, but they they're they're spiritual. They have a loving hearts, very very uh, sensitive and very honest and integrity and decency. You know, there's there's something about this sounds outrageous, but something certain types of partners that the ones that the Asian culture, man, is just a beautiful thing. I, I right. just I, I love it. It's the things they stamp for: character, reliability, honesty, integrity. You right, know, humility, respect. Yeah, these people embody that. Even though they're not overtly, uh, they're not formally religious, they embody the very same principles that are, that are, that a real religion would would foster. You know what I mean?
1: Right now, I know you just released your single "Maniac on Mute" yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there an album? Mm-hmm. Is there an album in the works right now?
2: Yeah, yeah. We recorded six new songs. We "Smyack uh, Amute" was written by Lauren Christie who did uh, "Complicated" for Ava Levine and the first Dua Lipa album. She's got lots of hits. And uh, three or four of the other songs were written by, or they were all of them. Other than that, were written in conjunction with Kazuki and some different members of the band, working with outside songwriters. We mm-hmm. liked to barb involve ourselves as outside songwriters as much as possible because it keeps the music fresh and, and kind of young. You know what I mean? Cause, so, Jarena yeah. DeMarco wrote some hits for Shakira, and she co-wrote yeah. some of the songs. Big names. And, uh, we worked with, yeah, we work with an unknown guy named Adrian Jones. He's actually a genius songwriter, vocal producer, right. but no one knows who he is yet. And it's yet. my uh, one of my objectives is to make him famous. Oh, so, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Now, do yeah, you guys yeah. write? Do you um, do? You do, um, do, you, do you write together, or do you depend on outside songwriters?
2: Well, it can come from a variety of ways. Uh, typically, there's an outside songwriter involved. So sometimes okay. they just write. This outside songwriter comes in with a song all their own. Like Agent does that a lot. And uh, Laura Christie did that with Manic on Mute. And then other times we send, we typically send Kazuki in to work with an outside songwriter. We work with a guy named Jim McGorman who plays with the Google Goo Dolls and wrote for, uh, worked with Gwen Stefani and uh, Abel Levine before. And they wrote Diamonds and some of the other strong songs that we have together. And then sometimes we, we do different combinations. We send Kadia um, in with the songwriters. we so typically Kazuki, an outside
1: songwriter, and some other band member.
2: Or Kazuki and the outside songwriter on their own.
1: Wow. Okay. Um, Now, are are you going to put out the album and do a tour?
2: Okay. So we're at the point where that's the question. So six songs are done. They were produced by Eric Rong, who did God and Patting at the Disco, Too Close to Touch, it's hugely successful, indie rock producer. And these are the strongest songs and the best recordings we've ever done. So we're right at the middle of deciding what to do. We've released Maniacum. We're probably going to do Stuck in the Middle Next in about 45 days and probably a song called Numb written by Asian Jones about 45 days after that. We're going to release a complete EP with all six of the songs at some point during that process, and the PR team hasn't decided exactly when it's going to be yet. But it will be sometime in the next 45 to 90 days, I'm thinking, from what I'm hearing in the meetings. And I don't know if, uh, if we are at the point where we can handle an actual national tour or anything like that. And okay. so we're trying to build up our social media numbers and do some opening act spots on some local tours as they rotate through the Southeastern United States to get our feet wet. So that's the point that we're going okay. to try to uh, yeah do some Southeastern Southwest of the United States leg of somebody's tour and do things that are you know gradually get into the to, into the touring world. That's a that's a an arduous uh, part of it and sure. uh, it, it break yeah to break into you know, it gradually.
1: Sure. Now you've you've surra- it sounds to me like you've surrounded yourself with some incredible people, and uh, yeah. do those people continually inspire you to move beyond your musical tastes? Uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah, absolutely. Sandro is a, a drum instructor at at, at the Los Angeles Academy of Music, so he's used to teaching people something.
0: Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> it's definitely <inspired> me. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, yeah. No, he he he's like, I would say he's the strictest uh, teacher I have, inspirer that I have. Kazuki's next, and Sandy's. they are all—they're all, all beautiful about it. But yeah, that's it's, great. It's, it, you know, it, I gotta step up when I'm with these moments. Sure. You gotta
0: step up. <laughs>
1: Hell yeah, man.
2: i am being—I'm being polite on the radio. I gotta,
1: yeah, definitely. Uh, you don't—no, you don't have to be polite. You can say what you feel. You can yeah, say what you oh, feel, oh, man. That's yeah, what man. it's <laughs> all about. That's what it's all yeah, about. Sometimes I drive home and cry like I'm gonna do this. <laughs> These motherfuckers are incredible, dude. I gotta keep up. You know, you know, we've been sitting here talking about Maniac on Mute. Um, let's go ahead and. play. Do you mind if I go ahead and play Maniac on Mute?
0: Please, of course,
1: yeah, yeah. All right, we're gonna go ahead and play Maniac on Mute, folks. This is Circle of the Earth. This is their new single, just came out yesterday. This is Maniac on Mute. <laughs>
4: Is that a train to and really recognize the coat she's wearing It once belonged belong to a girl I love And now the dirt is falling and it comes without a warning It's raining down from the stars above But they just burned out pieces, ran out of faith and reason Ooh, that keeps bleeding, had enough Ooh, another car from LA Stay in bed, eight days straight. Kind of missing just the way that it takes. When I'm looking in the mirror, I wanna smash it with a hammer. Cause she's smiling and I can't relate. Ooh, another th-
1: I'm sorry but uh, i yeah, that I song really just, <laughs> that song jams man that song is, jams right? kudos to yourselves man kudos to yourselves it makes me want to 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 really find out more get more from circle the earth and uh wow what a Thanks. song what a song really tight great production uh what an yeah, incredible yeah, yeah. voice yeah, yeah. What what an yeah, incredible voice right man and the nicest person it's crazy <laughs> well, I it's, I wouldn't deal with her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, she's beautiful,
1: but I was like, I, we get along great on having any... Yeah, it's just
2: uh, singers are classically the most difficult thing, and uh, they typically want everything to be about them, and it's just hard to handle. But she, this is the most stable, talented, uh, humble, reasonable, beautiful, warm-hearted vocalist I ever worked with on uh, my long way.
1: That's great. She can rap and
2: dance. She's yeah, she's yes, yeah, great. Truly really this.
1: Well, listen, I, I in, the, in the last few minutes we've got, I always ask this question. So, um I want to ask you, Mike. Mike, where do you see yeah. the Circle of the Earth in the next 5 years? Uh
2: the very next thing to do is is a, do a, a PR push and get our social media numbers up way past where they are. And okay. um get on do some uh high profile opening acts, stuff. Right. Uh, shows and then, uh, get the numbers to the point at which I can get an indie label to put in, uh, right now it's, you know, I'm financing everything and need help with that. So as soon as I can, right, uh, get the numbers to a point where an indie, indie label can help me out and then put the thing on tour when it's, uh, financially sound enough to withstand that and, uh, sell more records and spread more light. And the point is, I'm, okay, honestly, for me, this thing has gone beyond my wildest, my wildest dreams and, uh, i more than satisfied with it. Yeah, but uh, these other people, professional musicians, that I owe it to them. They spent their time and their talent with me. I owe it to them to, to succeed commercially so that they can have the lives that they deserve and see their dreams come true. And that's really the reason I do it is to help them get their dreams to come true the way they've made my dreams come true already.
1: Well, Mike, it sounds like you really like to give back, and that's 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 oh, really yeah. it says a lot about you. Um, and, 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 and let me ask you this. If, if, uh, mm-hmm. people want to learn more about Circle the Earth, how can they find out more about Circle the Earth?
2: Just if you type in Circle the Earth, it comes up on Google right away. Um, uh, Michael McVeigh comes up, all the musicians
1: come up. There's a
2: Spotify link. It's, uh, Circle the Earth LA and there's a Facebook link. It's available on all the social media platforms and Spotify and Apple music and all that.
1: Fantastic. Well, Mike, I really want to thank you for joining us this evening. It's been mm-hmm. fun. Can, it's been great. Can I and can you, I quick,
2: can I quickly say I've been sober from crack and coke and uh, alcohol for fourteen years, and anybody who wants to do it can do it uh, given the right spiritual circumstances. And I want to uh, try to serve as an inspiration to people that may be dealing with that. Okay.
1: Well, Michael, Mike, I mean, I, I. Pre- I I appreciate that. Thank you so much for saying that. And I know there's a lot yes. of people out there that probably are struggling, and you are definitely mm-hmm. a story of inspiration.
2: Um, I think I want to be new.
1: Really? I mean, to be able to put out a single like Maniac on Mute going from the background that you had and your struggles with mm-hmm. drugs… What could, you, what could you actually tell a person right now who may be listening who is struggling with drugs? What would be your advice? What would be your hand, help? This, this, for me, anyway, the first thing is identify the underlying issues that you're
2: trying to medicate. What's the basis of the pain? What, you know, what, what happened? Typically, right. there's some sort of physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse. Uh, there's some identifiable drives. Or pain or discomfort that the person is self-medicating. That's the first thing, and although it's not a requirement, some sort of spiritual awareness uh, and, and and concept of God doesn't. Ha- many people recover without that, but most people recover with that. So that's like right. the tip It's like the, the most successful antibiotic is spiritual. Is some sort of spirituality. Although you can recover without without it, right. And then uh, you got to have. You just have to. Admit, be willing to say that you're an addict, to admit that, you know, that follow the steps of the program and all that. And um, and once again, AA, NA, and all that are the most successful approaches, but they're not the only approaches you can be done without them. It's just uh, you got to recognize the problem, be willing to look at the issues that are driving you that, be willing to take steps to get away from that. And uh, for me also, I'm blessed with the fact that karate and music are equally fulfilling to me as drugs. Good. So I often advise you to, yeah look for some activity that gives you the, at least some similar form of satisfaction in your life so you can focus on that.
1: Michael, you're an inspiration, and uh, I appreciate Thank it. I appreciate and it, uh, I really appreciate your time this evening. Thank you very much for joining us. I hope you'll consider oh, yeah. coming Thank back. You for having me. I, you
2: like I also out. wanted to say those those things that you were playing in the commercials, fantastic. I I would love to be associated with that. Yeah, anything, Well I tell you, like, you what,
1: I, I tell you what, all you have to do, Mike, is go ahead and go to beunique.org. dot org. You can learn all about it. Okay. We're all about positivity. I'll do it tonight.
3: We're all I about creativity.
1: It, yeah. And um mm-hmm. we're hoping to get you know, there's so much out there that's bad news. Uh, this is what yeah. I really enjoy about being a part of this family is there's so much out there with bad news but you know what there's a lot of good going on and there's a lot that's of good people truth. out there and there's a lot of good programs out there and there's a lot of good things for people to do out there and that's what we try mm-hmm. that's what we strive to do we strive to highlight pi- positivity and encourage creativity mm-hmm. and we have writers all from around the world we have uh, we have a video and um, in film department, we have uh, live events uh, so we wow, really try to, yeah, so we really try to get out there and 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 get the name out there but more importantly, get the message out there that you know life can yeah. be positive. you don't have to dwell on the negative and there are so That's many things truth. out there. there's so many things out there right now that are positive and it's just mm-hmm. up to us as individuals as human beings to find them. And focus on yep. them and make them our direction in life, and uh, that's, that's what that's what we try true. to do. So yeah, um, let me self-promote and say, Mike, go to mm-hmm. beunique.org. It's a B okay, U N E K E. All right, and please, please, okay. please, 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 I cannot wait till your new album comes out. Um, please, Thank you. Please, uh, I hope you'll consider coming back and uh, being on the You're show. I love. It, to talk to you about that, and uh, it has been an absolute pleasure. This has been so much fun. Uh, thank you for Thanks. being such a fun guest, and uh, I it was hope it's an honor to be talk- on your show, man. Hey, I thought, ta- hey, I hope to talk to you later on. All right. Sure. You gotta, pro- okay. you gotta promise me. All right. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, man. All right, all right, Mike. Listen, have a great evening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.
2: Okay. Have a good night. Thank, thank, you thank you for you.
1: joining us. Have a good night. Okay. Thank you.